This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time, especially those of you who may be watching today for the very first time. I'd like to encourage you to stay tuned today as we're going to be discussing a very challenging question. Is the Antichrist coming? Is the Antichrist coming? I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss that question. Now today on our telecast, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. We have thousands of people in the United States and in various countries throughout the world that are studying this Bible correspondence course. We continue to offer it today. You say, well, how much does it cost? It is absolutely free. I will assure you, there is no cost for the course. We have dedicated Christians who give to the Lord every Lord's Day to make it possible for us to offer these courses free to you. And we want you to have it in order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive the course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading the first three verses. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Over the last number of years, there's been a lot of speculation about the Antichrist. It is generally thought by speculators that, that there will be a personality that will arise near the end of time that will oppose Jesus Christ and that person will be the Antichrist. During World War II, there were those who thought that Hitler was the Antichrist. 
That there were others who thought that Stalin surely must have been the Antichrist. I have heard some say that Saddam Hussein, now deceased, was the Antichrist. And there are other world leaders that have been suggested as fitting the description of the Antichrist in the Bible. But, but all speculation about his identity, the identity of the Antichrist, has proved to be false. Now, the way that you settle a Bible question is by using the Bible. So, so I would ask the question, what does the Bible say? If we want to learn what the Antichrist is, what does the Bible say about it? There are only four places in the Bible where we find the word Antichrist. And they're all in the book of 1 John and in the book of 2 John. I want to read first of all from 1 John, the second chapter and verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And you, as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is a last hour. Now the second passage is in verse 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Now from those two passages of Scripture, first of all going back to 18, we learn that the Antichrist is coming. And then he says, even now, there are many antichrists that have come. So there are many antichrists. And in verse 22, we learn that the person who is antichrist, which means opposed to Christ, is the one who denies the Father and the Son. Now let's read in 1 John, the fourth chapter, and verse number 3. Going back to verse 2, it says, by, by, by this you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Or every individual who believes that Jesus Christ was God incarnate, God in human form, God in the flesh, God come down from heaven, is of God. And, and indeed Jesus Christ was Emmanuel, God among us. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And so those who believe that are of God. Now verse number 3. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. I don't know how the Bible would be any plainer about that, do you? If you confess that, uh, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, you are of God. 
If you deny that, you refuse to confess that Jesus Christ came down and was God in the flesh, you're, you're not of God. And then John says in verse 3, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. What is the spirit of the Antichrist? Refusing to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was come in the flesh. He said, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So in John's day, the Antichrist was already in the world. Now let's turn the page to the book of 2 John. And let's read verse number 7. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. That was true in John's day. It's true in our day. Many deceivers have gone out into the world. Well, what do they do? Who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. Now here again, John is saying, there are people that are deceivers, there are teachers that are deceivers, and they're teaching that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. And then he says in verse 7, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now what does the Bible say about the antichrist? We've learned in 1 John 2 and verse 18 that there are many antichrist. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22, we have learned that he is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. In 1 John the 4th chapter and verse 3, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is antichrist. And then in 2 John verse 7, those who confess not that Jesus is come in the flesh is a deceiver and is of and is an antichrist. Let, let's take a look at the context of the passages that we have just read. Any passage of Scripture is better understood if it is studied within its context. I had a teacher in school who who tried to impress upon those of us who were young men at the time that a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext. So we have to look at the context of the passages. In John's day, there were some teaching a new doctrine about Jesus Christ. Well, what were they teaching? That they were denying that Jesus Christ had come in the flesh. And they denied that. And they believed that the flesh essentially uh, was evil or impure. And that Jesus Christ then did not come into this world in the form of man. Of course, that is in complete contradiction to what we read about in the New Testament. For example, in Philippians, the second chapter, he was Jesus beginning in verse 5. We're told that Jesus 
was on an equality with God, but he counted not it robbery to be equal with God, but he emptied himself in the form of a servant. And he was found in fashion as a man. But there were those in John's day who were denying that because they could not conceive of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming into the world and taking a body, a human body that they considered to be evil and to be impure. Those that held to this theory, along with the Gnostics, and they were called that because they claimed to have superior knowledge, but they taught that when Jesus was baptized, the divine spirit, that is Christ, came upon him but left him before the crucifixion. So that while Christ was divine, Jesus was not. I, that that uh, theory boggles my mind. But you see, in John's day, that heresy, that false doctrine, that damnable heresy was disturbing the fellowship of the church. And let me show you what John called them. John in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22 called them liars. They were liars. In 1 John chapter 4 and 1, he called them false prophets. In uh, 2 John 7, he referred to them as deceivers. In 1 John 4 and 3, he called them antichrist. So those that were antichrist were liars and false prophets and deceivers. Now, to develop their theories, there are many modern false prophets that have taken the verses that we have just read, lifted those verses about the Antichrist out of the context, and made them mean things that they were never intended to mean. And they associate those, uh, those passages with such things as the little horn of Daniel chapter 7, the man of sin of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and with the beast of Revelation chapter 13. There is no book in the Bible, including the book of Revelation that connects the Antichrist with those passages of Scripture. To understand the Antichrist, it must be studied in view of what it meant in John's time. The Antichrist is not one personality. In 1 John 2 and 18, John says there are many Antichrists. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, we learn that the Antichrist was already present in John's day. Furthermore, we learn from 1 John 4 and 3, as well as 1 John 2, 22, 2 John 7, that the Antichrist is one who denies Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And from 1 John, the second chapter, and in verse 19, those that were the Antichrist appear to have been former Christians. 
For John said, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. So it seems that there was a time that they were faithful Christians, but they turned their backs upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And they began to propose the theory that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. So there were those in John's day who denied Christ and they denied His teaching. Well, of course, that's not something that was just uh, existing in John's time. We have those today who do the very same thing. And the Antichrist was not something that, that was to appear at some distant time. The Antichrist denied that Christ came in the flesh. The Antichrist was not some force that was to come in the 18th or the 19th or the 20th or the 21st or even the 22nd century. This is something that was prevalent in the days of John. Somebody says, but I've heard preachers talk about the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. Well, yes, I've heard uh, uh, people refer to the Antichrist and to the mark of the beast. And I want us to look at some passages from the book of Revelation in chapter 13 and in verses 10 through verse 18. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all of the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Now there are those that connect the Antichrist with the mark of the beast, and they speak of both in the same breath. They say the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. But we have already determined that the Antichrist was one who denied that Jesus Christ came into the world in the, in the form of a man. But in the Bible, a mark was used for a variety of purposes. 
There were times that the mark was used as a sign of God's favor or grace. After Cain killed his brother, there were, Cain was a marked man. But if you will read Genesis chapter 4, verses 9 through 15, there was a mark on him so that other people would not take his life. That was actually an act of God's grace. A mark was also used to give protection. When God judged Judah, the faithful were marked so they would not be harmed, Ezekiel chapter 9 and in verse number 6. In Job chapter 31 and verse 35, Job saw himself signing charges against him with his signature or his mark. And then a mark is also used to show ownership or allegiance. In Galatians, the sixth chapter, Paul said in verse 17, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And as I said, some try to associate the Antichrist with the mark of the beast and speak of the mark of the Antichrist. And we're told that, that the mark is worn by those who follow the Antichrist. The figurative language in the book of Revelation then is taken literally. And it is supposed that a literal mark is placed on the foreheads of those who follow the Antichrist. And the number 666 is thought to apply to the Antichrist. Be it noted that the word Antichrist never appears in the book of Revelation. Now there are some think that the number 666 points to Nero, who was a very wicked man, persecuted Christians. If we're looking for a single person, that might be the most likely one. And that, if that's the case, that would defeat the idea of the mark of the beast being the mark of the Antichrist. And there are a lot of other favorite theories during, that, about the mark of the beast. During World War II, there were some who thought Hitler was the Antichrist. And that 666 was his number. Well now, to those of John's day, the number six was a number that stood for humanity, or imperfection, if you please. Seven was a number that stood for perfection. The number 666 was a symbol for great evil, and it is stressed by using the six three times. It was evil, evil, evil. Evil men have lived in every age, even now. But you see, when, when John talked about that number and the mark, it meant something to people in John's day. I'm going to take the Bible over the theories of men. I don't know about you. The number 666 was a symbol pointing to someone in John's, in John's day. And it most likely refers to the emperor of Rome who was a great evil force in the world and persecuted Christians in an unbelievable way. And faithful Christians refused to wear the mark of the beast. That is, they refused to wear the mark of Caesar. 
Caesar wanted to be worshipped as the Lord. He wanted you to bow down and to worship him. And once you did that, you could go about your business. You could worship Christ if you wanted. You could worship your God if you wanted to. But first of all, you had to bow down to Caesar. In Revelation chapter 20 and in verse number 4, John said, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast. Had not worshipped the beast. They hadn't bowed down to Caesar or his image. And had not received his mark on their foreheads or in their hands. And there were those that refused to wear the mark of the emperor in John's day. I want you to listen to the words of a, a Baptist preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon who lived in the 19th century. I, I think these are some very uh, wise words. He wrote, So to certain persons who are always given to curious speculations need warning. When they read the Bible... It is not to find out whether they are saved or no, but to know whether we are under the third or fourth vial when the millennium is going to be, or what is the battle of Armageddon. And he continued, Ah, sir, search out all these things if thou hast time and skill, but look to thine own salvation first. The book of Revelation, blessed is he that understands it, but is not unless first of all he understands this. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I think that's a wonderful quote, don't you? I agree with him 100% that we need to first of all be concerned about our salvation and we need to know that we're right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that today? Oh, we speculate about lots of things. Don't speculate about your soul. Are you prepared? Are you ready? You believe on Jesus? Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Christ to be baptized into Christ. Because Jesus did say in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you not do what Jesus said? I plead with you with all the love of my heart to obey Jesus. Now in the closing moments, may I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you'd like to know more about salvation, they'll help you. They will teach you. They will instruct you. They will pray with you. If you would like to receive the Bible course, pick up the phone and call now. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible. Oh,